vibration and sounds built to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Over the years, digital media and the technology associated with it has evolved in such a way that truly feels inescapable. From social media to reality TV, there's a lot to consume, to find pleasure in, hopefully absent of any guilt that may try to creep in on our indulgence, and to get lost in, in hopes that maybe it helps us to self-soothe under stressful times. I'm director of podcast Taylor Camille, and in today's episode, we speak with therapist Emma Mahoney and tech reporter Jenny Maiwen to explore why do we feel so connected and so drawn to social media, reality TV, and all the things that many of us hate to love, but love to hate. And why can't we quit them when we try? A lot of it is psychological. So whether it's TikTok or reality TV, we can essentially tap into these two innate drives that we have as humans, which is one, to bond and feel safe and comfortable with others, Mm-hmm. And the other is to acquire, so attain things that interest us. My name is Emma Mahoney. I am a mental health therapist. I am also very active on TikTok. I like to do mental health stuff across that platform. I love working with millennials, Gen Z, and looking at the intersectionality between you know technology and social media on our overall well-being whether it's reality TV stars, people on TikTok, we become deeply connected to these people, almost as if they're our own friends. And part of the reason that 
we keep coming back is because our brains as humans, you know, seek this connection and it's easier to feel this from the comfort of our phone and the comfort of our couch than maybe planning a whole night hangout with friends. And as you saw in the pandemic, there was a major rise in the consumption of both of these because we were stripped away from those comforts of hanging out with people more seamlessly. So our brain and our bodies naturally want to feel connected to people. So we seek it out in a way that's easy and comfortable for us. But it's created almost this false sense of intimacy to a point through our phones. Um, Mm -hmm. But we also do see people you know, living lives that maybe we want outlandish or extra lives that we can't maybe monetarily afford physically do. And it's a sense of adventure and things that we want to acquire. So it's almost like we're taking ourselves on a little adventure and fulfilling that desire for us to attain more just through TV, social media. Yeah. So can we talk about just some of the ways that our consumption does affect our mental health, you know, either for better or for worse? Yeah. So I would say, I mean, major ways that it is affecting our mental health is one, we're more clued into aspects of people's lives than we ever have been. And feeling so connected to other people's lives often makes us feel disconnected from others and has us comparing what are we doing in our lives compared to Mm -hmm. other people's glorified portrayal of their lives. So what they're presenting to the world has us often looking at ourselves and saying, you know, why am I not doing that? Or what could I be doing better? And we isolate. And so we spend too much time spending time with these people without seeking out actual physical, close, intimate relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, it's become almost the most constant thing in our lives is always having a phone on us and that relationship that we have with our phone. I'm sure everyone remembers a panic they had when they couldn't find their phone because it almost feels like you're naked or that you lost someone really important to you. We look at our phones 80 times per day, which this was done in 2019. So I'm sure it's a lot more since that. Which is once every 12 minutes. Uh, when it comes to scrolling and TV consumption, this majorly has to do with what's called the dopamine loop. And so dopamine is a chemical in our brains that is released after pleasure and reward-seeking behaviors. So food, sex, exercise, and positive social interactions. Mm -hmm. And our brain wants more of it. So it causes us to want them over and over again. So whether you're on social media, getting likes, comments, even just getting a funny video or a meme from your friend, you're feeding into this loop and you want more and more of it. But your brain has a hard time telling you when it's had enough of this. Like if you were full from eating or tired from working out, your body will tell you when, hey, I think it's a good time to stop. But we don't necessarily get those same signals when it comes to consumption of reality TV, social media. Yeah. It's like a, it's a addictive habit and it's hard to kind of break the loop, but I think we love to characterize people here and Mm -hmm. try to like pinpoint what this looks like. So I wondered if you could characterize, how would you, this type of person who can't quit things that they know are distracting them and someone who like can't set those boundaries or is having difficulty, like what Mm -hmm. does this 
what can this be characterized as? Well, one, I would say, I feel like a lot of people probably have this issue. Phone addiction in general is being considered a serious behavioral addiction, even though it hasn't been introduced yet to the American Psychiatric Association. But if you feel like it's a serious issue with yourself, you feel like it's preventing you from being present with yourself, with other people in your life, experiences affecting your work, your self-care, your relationship, and you're unable to control it, like that is serious. So there's no shame in asking for help, asking people around you to help support you with this. It's very real. Yeah, you shouldn't feel ashamed because you could see how you ended up here. People are rewarded for being available. People are rewarded for constantly producing content, constantly engaging with people on social media. So if you're unable to stop, I would just be a little bit gentle with yourself and know that there's a lot of chemical reasons why you're unable to stop as well. But it is something that you really probably want to focus on so you can have a more fulfilling, rewarding life. Because I mean, it is exhausting too, to always be on and be connected at all times. Yeah, definitely. So what is it actually like, what value is it bringing in our lives? I think we can so often have this hate, you know, hate on social media, hate on reality TV, but is it helping us form more genuine bonds? Like you can make friends online. You can watch this show. And then when you do meet up with your friends, talk about it. What's the Mm -hmm. value that we could be getting from our, our overuse? (laughs) Yeah. Everything. And I think you'll probably hear this anytime you go to therapy or anytime, just essentially with anything in your life, everything is conditional for each person as well. And moderation is key. So I think there is value with social media. I think people are able to connect and express themselves in ways that maybe they have not been able to before. I think in the pandemic too, it was a good way for people to connect to people around them when they weren't able to do that in person. I even for reality TV with myself, I remember I moved to a new city and I met a group of girls who watched The Bachelor once a week and that became a way for us to connect. And I'm still friends with them today. So there is value in having a thing, almost like a campfire of sorts with a show that you guys can all collectively talk about and connect on. But there is a line where, you know, it can be taken too far and you really have to ask yourself, why am I watching these shows or why am I engaging in this social media? Is it helping my life? Is it adding value? Or do I end up feeling worse after it or taking away from things that are more important to me in my life? Someone who reports on the dance and relation of our offline and online lives is Jenny Maiwen. All of these platforms have figured out how to give you like some version of like the infinite scroll where you never get to the end of the content. You always recommended something new. So it's, it's so easy to continue watching something because you, you enjoy it. And then it's sucking up all of your time. My name is Jenny Mai Nguyen, and I'm a tech and digital culture reporter at Mashable, where I cover social media and really how we interact with it and how it makes us feel and how the way we exist online translates to real life. If you think about like content in, I would say like in my parents' generation, like 
the TV was like a whole revolutionary thing, you know, like yeah. watching TV was like a very mindful activity. Like you have like X amount of time, like after work or after dinner or whatever, and you sit down and you watch the shows that you're most interested in. And then I think like as devices have continued to be added to our lives, I have a phone, I have a laptop, I have a projector in my bedroom, I have a TV in my living room. The amount of screens in my life is so crazy. And I don't even think about it because it's just a fact of life. And I think that they're constantly around means that like you always have access to content. So it's less of a like mindful decision to sit down and be like, I want to watch like an episode of my favorite show right now. And on top of that, in just the TV realm, you have streaming, which like lets you binge all of these episodes in a row. Much of the time, the feeling associated with words like binging are negative and inherently imply judgment. You know, so often we're asking of each other, what's your guilty pleasure to sort of shame us for our consumption? I wondered where it came from and what Jenny Mai thinks about it being used to describe the way we consume media in the digital lives that we lead. I personally don't love the term guilty pleasure. I think so the, the term itself comes from a very like literal interpretation of the guilt part. It first originated in the 1700s and the first time it appeared in the New York Times as a term was in the 1800s and it was literally used to describe a brothel so it really leaned heavily into like guilt and like sinful aspect yeah Uh, which obviously it's a lot more of like a tongue-in-cheek term now like it was literally used as an icebreaker when I first started one of my jobs it was like what's your guilty pleasure and it often refers now to content and media and what we like to consume in our free time And I think it's really interesting that it's moved from this like sinful vibe to like, oh, like, what do you just enjoy? And it kind of implies to me that like enjoyment, like taking time to yourself and just doing what you love is like something you should be guilty about, which I think feeds into this like productivity culture that like is very, very inherent in our country as a whole. Yeah, definitely. I know because it's like you can drop the guilty. We can just find pleasure out of it. And also it's not always mindless scrolling like sometimes you're learning really weird but maybe beneficial things and it comes from like passive scrolling but like you just learned something that like you now are going to use in your life and I think that like kind of takes away this whole element of like it being mindless like yes you weren't Mm -hmm. actively looking for that information but now you've learned something new so like why do you have to be guilty about that it's just something that you happen to come across. So for me, the guilty aspect of guilty pleasure comes in is that like, I will look up and I've been scrolling on my phone for literally two hours. And like, that like will physically make me feel bad sometimes. And I think that's kind of the evolution of like guilty pleasure as a term. It's less about like what other people think of you and more about like, how is it actually affecting your life and how like you feel after doing whatever it is that you're doing. And I think like having all these devices and like all of these platforms to do it on makes it just so much easier. And like, it tricks us into doing it, especially because that's what all of the platforms and devices want. They want you to be spending this time so that they can like feed you more content to get you to like, look at more ads. That's how they make their money. So we're like unwittingly pulled into this ecosystem of like spending so much of our time on these devices and platforms. So how have you moved past the guilt? Were there times where you're like, oh, I feel guilty, but then now it's like your whole career. So it's literally your job. What did you do to help you move past this feeling of guilt? I feel guilty when I 
I'm spending a lot of time doing something that I feel like is taking away from other things that I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. But I've realized that like talking about TikTok has value, like whether that's like just genuine enjoyment or like people are learning things from it. It brings me joy to know that like there are other people that connect with me on that. There are other people that are interested in it. So it's really about like finding the communities that also enjoy the things that you enjoy. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And so as communities are built around our shared interests and changes are made to improve and attract us to different platforms, it becomes increasingly harder to quit. Anytime I'm talking to anyone, if it's someone who's plugged into the internet, then we're talking about TikTok. But if it's someone who like loves movies and books, like we're talking about the content that we can get from our streaming platforms. It's just like an inescapable part of our life. The pandemic giving us more time was like both a blessing and a curse, I think, that it, it let us explore new interests, but it also made us even more reliant on our devices and our social media platforms that we already were on. TikTok definitely exploded during right. the pandemic. Before yeah. the pandemic, it was kind of known as like the dancing app for kids. And right. some people will still call it that, but most people at this point have recognized that it has a lot more like cultural driving power. So sure. the pandemic definitely gave us all more time to just explore new interests. I think about like at the beginning, how everyone was like all of a sudden baking sourdough bread and making the fluffy coffee. So like, yes. it simultaneously like blew up all of our interests and everyone was logging into the same app and like seeing the same things pushed at one point. So like mm-hmm. we felt this sense of connection over doing the same activities while like we were so isolated from each other. But it definitely, the pandemic gave us more time. And then I think we immediately like ate up that time by like scrolling and scrolling and just like looking at our screens all of the time. So like choosing to quit it, I think psychologically feels like you're like taking a step back from the culture sometimes, which no one loves, no one wants to be left out of things. So I know I personally feel like I need to know what's going on on TikTok so I can talk to 
my friends about it or if like they bring up a topic I feel like I could contribute because mm-hmm. it never feels fun to like be left out of the loop the big thing that like every tech company social media company is striving for right now is short form content I yeah. think obviously TikTok has made a huge footprint and like claimed that as their forte but YouTube is trying to copy it Instagram is trying to copy it and it's it's interesting because obviously people enjoy short form content but a recent Pew Research study just came out that also shows that like young people still spend so, so much time on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is the home of long form content. And right. I think that the tech companies and the social media companies are chasing this like idea of what's trending and what everyone cares about. But there are all these niches that each of the social media apps like have as well. And by like turning away from that and chasing short form, I think they're losing what makes them special. I can spend hours scrolling on TikTok, but I also love like an in-depth deep dive on like the Glee characters. Um, (laughs) I I literally watched like an hour and a half video, like recapping the show. So like, I think, I think people are chasing this short form, but long form has this entire different realm. Mm -hmm. And I think that trends, trends will always exist, but then they will also always find their way back to like what you are personally interested in. So yeah, it's, it's a push and pull. So if we are finding pleasure in our consumption, should we quit? Or should we just find ways to exert more boundaries and practice better discernment in relation to all of our screen time? I don't think that like content itself should induce guilt and then like make you want to quit it just to like seem relevant. If it brings pleasure, like that's a genuine important part of your life. I think that we can maybe indulge in too much pleasure. It's obviously if you like something, you're going to want to keep doing it. I like to scroll on TikTok and it's hard for me to stop sometimes, but it's really like setting your own boundaries and like what you want to get out of your day or your week or whatever it is and sticking to it. You kind of have to self-regulate. Like you have to realize like how that makes you feel and like what your personal limits are. I think there's absolutely benefits. Like you learn so much from being on the internet. There's so many people out there that know so much about so many things that you might not even ever imagine. But we're in an age now where we have to decide what we want to do with that information or content. And like, you can decide that that's just to relax. But if you want to feel like it is something that is adding to your life outside of this digital realm, I think that that's an active choice as well. Yeah, it's so true. Like all the recipes I have bookmarked and all the like workouts I have bookmarked, but I've never done like, okay, are we going to do it? Or are we just going to like save it for never? So yeah. I think that tangible offline aspect is very huge because then you you will feel less like you're just scrolling and more like you're building towards something. I also feel like the like communication aspect is overlooked sometimes. I think a lot of like the platforms, like it's you feel like just a viewer when like there are all of these tools that you can use to make it a much more interactive experience, which makes it feel a lot more fulfilling, I think. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people are afraid to like comment on videos. But like a lot of times that's how you like meet people or form connections online. Mm -hmm. That's the part that most people find most fruitful. Even if it's just like exchanging a dumb joke back and forth, it feels like you're you're interacting with a real person rather than like just your screen. So I think like actively choosing to use the platforms in the ways that best serve you, if you're looking to like feel like a part of that community, then 
it has to be more than just like passively scrolling and like actively doing things. I think the activity part of it makes you feel a lot more connected. But if you feel like you're spending too much time on any such app, is that a lot of them have like literal tools for you to uh, be more mindful of the time you're spending. Or if you're seeing like content that you actually don't enjoy, you can dislike things, you can click on not interested, you can, you can actively curate the content that you're seeing so that it actually is interesting to you or brings you relaxation and happiness. It doesn't have to be like just whatever a device is feeding to you is what you're looking at. Um, I think things like putting your phone in like grayscale using do not disturb can also like keep you off of it if you like really need to focus or if you really need to take a break for your own brain. Setting timers or setting like time blocks that you want to be spending. Like I feel guilty if I spend more time than I anticipated doing something. Yeah. Whether that's scrolling or watching or whatever. But if I know that I want to watch an episode of a TV show and it's going to take me 45 minutes, like I don't feel guilty at all during those 45 minutes because like that's what I set out to do for those 45 minutes. So whether it's watching something on your TV or on your phone or whatever device you want, I think knowing that that's what you actually want and setting like that time parameter for yourself can help you feel a lot better about what you're doing. And as someone who loves reality TV and TikTok and has learned to set aside time for the things that she really enjoys, Emma shares these additional methods so we can limit the distractions and be intentional and more importantly, present with our time. I mean, I'm someone who loves reality TV. I love TikTok. I don't, there's a healthy way to do them both. And I'm still trying to figure it out too. I don't think I have the perfect recipe to figure it out because yes, there's some trends that go on and I feel like I want to be part of them and I'll miss them. (laughs) But see how often it's playing into your life, whether it's in your relationships, if you're unable to do self-care, your job. I would just start to examine the pros and cons of your phone in your life. If you're unable to put your phone down, turn it off for an hour a day, that's probably a problem. Like you should be able to set intentional time with yourself, with your job for a good amount of time. Our phones are constantly interrupting us and we just have no cognitive awareness of it. Like so often I pick up my phone and I look at it and I don't even remember why I picked it up. Right. So I think it's always interesting to think too about when you were younger and with parents, they're so adamant about screen time when it comes to their kids and making sure that their kids have a set amount of time that they're looking at screens because one, it promotes being sedentary and not being active. It has links to sleep disturbances, impacts on your social relationships. And The same thing goes for adults. We just don't have someone monitoring it for us. So we have to be the ones who enact this ourselves because our brain's going to want more of it. I would say almost act like your parent in a sense. Truly ask yourself, what do you think is a good amount of time that you should be spending on your phone or a good amount of time that you should be watching TV a day and truly be honest with yourself. I think it's good to take a step back and really see, okay, am I having intentional time where I'm spending on social media or is it controlling me? Am I picking up my phone and then an hour and a half goes by and I don't know where that went. But think of things that you know 
you really want to be intentional with for yourself. Like for me, I really want to be able to you know, work out for 30 minutes a day. I really want to spend time with a loved one for a good amount of the day, meditate, eat healthy meals. And I can do all those without looking at my phone, but I think my phone has infiltrated all those spaces more than I would like. So just really trying to be present with one thing at a time and knowing that it's okay to go for a run and have your phone maybe for music or go to a workout class and leave your phone away or you don't have to be on at all times and it's okay to have boundaries with other people when it comes to your phone but also boundaries with yourself. On today's show, you heard from Emma Mahoney and Jenny Maiwen. This episode was scripted in part by Charlotte Tratner and produced by Ella Dove, Abby Stone, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt Didomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.